0: Method to the Madness is next. Listening to Method to the Madness, a bi weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley celebrating Bay Area innovators. I'm Lisa Kiefer, and today I'm interviewing Vince Siciliano, the president and CEO of New Resource Bank in San Francisco. Welcome to the program, Vince.
1: Thank you, Lisa. How nice to be here.
0: Yes. I don't typically think of a bank as something that we would, uh, an organization that we would interview. It's just not, you know, when I think of innovation, I don't think of that. But I've heard a lot about New Resource Bank. I understand that you coined the term, where does your money sleep at night? You think of a bank as an agent of change. So why should our listeners in the Bay Area think of your bank as an innovator?
1: Because actually your money doesn't sleep at night. Your money spends the night somewhere. Uh, in other words, you put your money, unless it's in your mattress, it's in a bank and it's not living in the vault. It's actually out somewhere. So if you could imagine your dollar bill as a little miniature magic carpet and you could sit on it and fly around the world and see what your money is doing at night where it's spending the night, you might not be so happy. And we, we believe that money and banking can be used to do good well, in the community. Tell
0: me some of the examples of where money can be that you're saying that we wouldn't be very happy
1: about. Uh, open open pit uh, coal mining in West Virginia, blowing off the mountaintops of West Virginia mm-hmm. or going down and producing palm oil in Indonesia. A lot of trade finance from the American banks will will do that sort of thing. Or if you get away from the loan side... There's another whole activity called the financial economy as opposed to the real economy. And a lot of banks really spend most of their life in that financial economy.
0: And what is that? What are you talking about?
1: The financial economy means that banks will invest their deposits and their other sources of funds in – Uh, speculating in commodities, in foreign exchange, in buying bonds and stocks and hedging activities, some small fraction of which may be really legitimate, but most of which is just trading for trading's sake to make profit. And when you hear some of the big uh, catastrophes that have happened over the last couple of years, it's usually been around the the financial economy where those catastrophes have happened.
0: Okay. This is really an unusual thing to hear from a bank, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I mean, is there anyone else doing this kind of thing but you?
1: Well, there are a couple kinds of banks that I would say are doing good things. So in general, the community bank, the more local, regional banks that are headquartered in a community, if you look at their balance sheet, you're going to see that most of their funds are invested in loans that help the community grow. So to start with, that would be there. Some banks are what are called community development financial institutions, and they are really focused on the inner cities and generating jobs. But as far as a bank like us that's trying to achieve well-being for the community and the planet, there's really only a handful of us in the country.
0: And you, you have one location in San Francisco. We have one
1: location downtown Tell South me
0: about who your clients are. I've, I've read some of them, Cowgirl Creamery, you know, a lot of small companies – Tell me about some of them.
1: So we lend to companies that we think are helping to build this uh, or achieve this well-being in the community. So one whole sector would be organic food, for example. So a cowgirl, a hog island, Strauss Creamery, Alter Eco, companies like that are all our clients. And we're very good at helping young and not so young, middle-sized organic food companies grow. Another area would be having to do with clean energy, so solar energy, biogas digesters, A lot of energy efficiency. We do a lot of lending in that whole area. A third area would be in the real estate world, Uh, buildings that are built uh, to be energy efficient, what's called lead construction or retrofits for those buildings. Um, That would be another area for us. And the fourth area, a very large area, is working with nonprofits. We have a lot of nonprofit clients, many of whom don't borrow. They may deposit, but some of whom do borrow. But beyond all that, anybody can be a sustainably-minded business, a triple bottom line business, a business that's looking to achieve not only financial but also social and environmental returns. And that's the kind of client we want.
0: And speaking of that, though, you said that you want to go even beyond that. You want to go beyond the triple bottom line and... Talk about the difference that purpose and values make from an individual perspective. How do you go beyond Triple Bottom Line in, as a banking institution?
1: Well, in the end, I think that everyone has a sense of purpose or, and should should connect with that. And that's not something that's often talked about in the marketplace. Businesses have a purpose, but it's usually to maximize shareholder value. But if you really step back and look at your life, work and business is just a part of it. And I guess the question is, where do you get your sense of well-being from? Where do you get your sense of purpose in life from and it's not normally from work it's not really from the marketplace but as we as we grow up in this country we're really pushed into marketplace a definition of self-worth that comes from our job it comes from the approval of others it comes from you know what you own what you do and what other people think of you and and really what we're saying is that's not a sense of well-being it doesn't come from the marketplace it should come from your values your sense of purpose your, your family, your, your work, uh, those are things that your sense of spirituality, your connectedness with, with nature, that's where your sense of well-being should come from, not from the marketplace. I'm kind of shocked
0: <laughs> to hear this coming from a banker. What do your peers in this industry think of what you guys are doing?
1: Well, I think a lot of them think we're nuts. Uh, that uh, really, as the Wall Street Journal would say, uh, if you deviate from profit maximization, pushing to the very edges of the boundaries of into the gray zone of what's legal, if you deviate from that, you're really being inefficient and ineffective in your use of capital. And so we really call that unconscious capitalism. Unconscious As capitalism. opposed to
0: conscious capitalism. Capital
1: conscious, conscious capitalism says, well, what are the values we should bring into the balance sheet? What, is, what about thinking about the future, for example? You know, most businesses have a discounted – Analysis of whether they'll do an investment or not. And if you look at the future that way, uh, frankly, the value of the future is, is nothing. It doesn't have a seat at the table.
0: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Method to the Madness, a biweekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. Today I'm interviewing Vince Siciliano, the president and CEO of New Resource Bank in San Francisco. You didn't found the bank, so tell me what was the impetus for the founding of this bank. Did you change the mission, or was it always what you're talking
1: about? The bank was founded with the mission of being a green bank, and there were a couple different groups that came together that were working around that. Uh, Peter Liu was the, the fellow that really put the bank together and got it off the ground. The bank grew somewhat rapidly in the first couple of years. It uh, ran into the recession, and it really wasn't exclusively focused on this mission. There was a lot of what we would call classic community banking loans that were being made. But when the bank ran into its problems back in 2008, it was a chance to really, in a way, restart or refocus the bank. And at that time, I came in, new chairman came in, a number of new board members and new executives, and as we refocused the bank, we said, Yeah, this is our mission. It's to be a green and sustainable bank focused on a new idea model for banking, really helping change the way people think about banks. And all of our lending needs to be mission-oriented and compatible with that model.
0: That's great that you took – something that was bad for most everyone in the industry and made that an opportunity. And I understand that Al Gore and his investment group got interested. Generation Investment
1: Capital was an original investor. They are no longer an investor, but they did come in at the founding of the bank. I think they definitely felt an affinity, but I think that banking is not a growth industry. It's a much harder industry than many investors realize.
0: Tell me what what the mission of New Resource Bank is now that you are there.
1: The mission very simply is to help achieve well-being, for people and the planet. And you might say, well, what is well-being? And I would ask you that. Everybody has a sense of what well-being is. And, uh, and that's the nice thing about using the phrase well-being. Obviously, it has to do with basic minimums of housing and schooling and education. and, and uh, But it goes beyond that. It, it, goes, goes,
0: to, it goes to problem solving. So what problem problems solving. are you solving?
1: Well, we're really we're really helping a lot of young companies get bigger. Companies that are triple bottom line focused, that are trying to make a difference in the community, that are not just profit oriented but worry about well being.
0: So, how do you screen for these companies? I mean, you know, you, they have to be they have to have the financials, but they also have to have this other ideal that you're talking about.
1: Yes. So, we have had our own uh, internal survey that we would use with companies, a little questionnaire that helps us understand what is their perspective on on financial versus social versus environmental. Uh, issues and we are now actually converting that over. There's a company called B Lab, and there are benefit corporations in our. That's country. the triple bottom line. That's they the came triple, up with that, yes. right? Yes, and and so we're now using their survey, uh, beginning next month. But but really, this is a journey. In other words, somebody can come to us, and they may be financially motivated, economically motivated. And so they're redoing their building for energy efficiency and they're redoing they're looking at their product line and they're changing their supply and they're using recycled materials. And they all that all may be just an economic motivation. And that's fine. We're not here to pass judgment. But they are moving along that journey of of sustainability. We talk about the 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 newer comers actually being learners and then they become achievers and leaders and champions as they progress as their both commitment and competency to the idea of triple bottom line grows, they move along this journey. And we say we don't really care if you're a learner or a leader, just that you're on this journey towards triple bottom line business.
0: Speaking of triple bottom line, you got an award last year, Best for the World. What does that mean and how many other banks, if any, were given that award?
1: So actually, it was all across all B Corps. There are around 1,500 B Corps in the world, most of them in the U.S. And everybody is tested every year or two. To so you were included evaluate. with
0: banks and manufacturing so and everything. Among
1: all companies, okay. the top wow. 10% of all companies are okay. called uh, best for the world. And okay, So that was quite an honor for that us. That
0: is an honor. Uh,
1: it really is our DNA. It's really who we are. It's how we run internally, uh, our values of transparency and community and sustainability and teamwork. All, all of these are internal as well as external practices.
0: I'm interested in your employees. I read that Not only are your employees uh, familiar with banking, but they're all doing, it sounds like, pretty interesting things outside of the bank that have to do either with community or sustainability. Can you talk about that, how you screen for that kind of person? Because some of the challenges in banking, I would think, would be finding entrepreneurs who also understand sustainability.
1: Our biggest challenge, when people ask me what what is our biggest challenge, it is finding financially-oriented people, bankers that are also mission-oriented uh, at the beginning of the bank, we found a lot of mission-oriented people, but they didn't have the financial background.
0: When you say mission-oriented, you mean your mission. I mean mission. our mission, yeah.
1: our, this mission about triple bottom line okay. and sustainability. Then we found more bankers, but they weren't particularly as mission-oriented as we wanted. And so really now we've gotten very uh, thorough and narrow about finding people that are both financially oriented and and get our mission. There's an expression you know, get it, want it, and can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want, people that get it, want it, and can do it. And mm-hmm. therefore, they'll fit into the bank well. But well-being is a personal concept, too. So we want everybody to be achieving well-being. And that means how do you look at their life and how do they look at what they do outside of, the, out of their work life? In fact, we've started a process we call career conversations, which is to really crack open the, the, the uh, pretend belief that someone's going to work at a company for the rest of their life. They're really not. Uh, so let's not pretend they are, and let's let's open the door to where do you want to be in five years, and how can we help you get there? Really, a different <laughs> way to interact with your employees, and I think at first people don't believe it. They feel like it's you no, know, maybe I'm being a traitor if I,
0: or they think you're just trying to find out if they want to be leave.
1: There. But yeah. but in fact, you know, we had an example, of an employee who came and said. Well, I'd eventually like to have my own little business that services nonprofits, does the back office for nonprofits. But in order to get there, I'm going to need to understand accounting better. And I'd love to spend a couple years in the bank's finance department that would help prepare me for that. Terrific. I mean, I I would welcome that. And then eventually they'll, they'll leave and they'll start their own business and they'll be a raving fan. And that'll be terrific.
0: Yeah. How many employees do you have?
1: We have about 42 employees.
0: So that's small enough that you could actually know every one of them. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I understand that one of them works for Amazon Watch. Uh, One of your vice presidents is on the climate panel of San Francisco, city of San Francisco. I mean, they're doing all these really interesting outside things that align with your mission. So did that happen after or did you pick them because it was there? I would say of. a
1: lot of that came after they were already employees, but they, they they certainly did bring their own interest and their own passion for the mission with them. But we promote that. We want them to be involved with these these community-building activities. It, it's great, and we want them to discover all the skills and passion they have in life and, and be able to, to exercise that.
0: You talk about helping small businesses. Tell me why an individual would want to bank at your bank, like, let's say myself, what would be my motivation?
1: Well, we go back to the question of where does your money spend the night? And so do you know what your money is doing? And so at a bank like New Resource Bank, we're saying that you can see where your money spends the night. We we have reports that show quite clearly what our loan portfolio looks like, how much money we've let into organic food or alternative energy or nonprofits. And uh, that's all our lending is is mission-oriented, has been for the and last six years. it's transparent. It's pretty transparent. You can wow. see what we do. So mm-hmm. as opposed to saying I'm putting my money in one of the big banks. And, in fact, I like to ask the question, not only where does your money spend the night, but does your bank have convictions? <laughs> and if you think about that word convictions for a moment, double-edged sword. There's one kind of conviction which means values. The other kind of conviction means have you been convicted of a crime? And so. <laughs> If you look at all the banks that have recently been convicted of rate fixing for international funds or uh, many of the other crimes that that they've pleaded no not guilty to, now they've actually pleaded guilty to.
0: Yeah. Well, e- even finding a local bank, quote unquote, is kind of difficult because you find out that your local bank is actually owned by a big French bank or, uh, you know, it's it's not so easy to know.
1: But there are 30 or 40 local banks in the Bay Area and you can usually – pretty easily find out but you're right sometimes they have a foreign parent but yeah most the time uh you can which makes
0: it more difficult to know where your money sleeps that's right and credit
1: unions are another good place to go because they lend exclusively in the community so they they would be a good place too
0: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Method to the Madness, a biweekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. Today I'm interviewing Vince Siciliano, the president and CEO of New Resource Bank in San Francisco. This mission that you have for New New Resource Bank does it come back from your early years, say at Stanford, getting a biology degree, getting a master's here in Berkeley in environmental planning? Are you hearkening back to your early values, and and that's what you've brought to banking, or did you always have that?
1: I was an accidental banker. I had okay. no design to be a banker. I don't know if anybody grows up wanting to be a banker, actually. And uh, my wife also went to Stanford and Berkeley. She studied Chinese history and language. She wanted to continue that in Taiwan, where Stanford has a program. I needed a job. I, we couldn't just move to Taiwan. And my father uh, called someone he knew at Bank of America to say, hire my wonderful son. And so I did not have their normal MBA sort of profile. profile right. And when I was hired at Bank of America, I remember uh, – and we were sent right to Asia to go to Taiwan, which was, which was the plan. And I remember being hired and on the way to Taiwan, we stopped at the divisional office in uh, Tokyo. And I was told I was a legacy hire, uh, which meant I was someone who was hired who really wasn't qualified. It was more because of Somebody what the Chinese it. would call guanxi or connections. <laughs> and uh, But I ended up spending 10 years, 10 very good years with Bank of America, seven years in Asia. And I discovered that the most interesting part of banking is that you're supporting other companies. You're really involved. It's really the business of everyone else's business. So eventually, I left B of A and became the CEO of a local bank in San Diego and I've never looked back. I've been a banker for the rest of my life, uh, but it was accidental. And I've always been values-oriented. And this opportunity here in the Bay Area, when it came up, was an opportunity to bring back in not just values of of integrity and transparency, but also the values around environment. And And community and sustainability. And community and the future.
0: And it's perfect because it's San Francisco. I mean, you've got a great audience there and people who really understand the concepts.
1: It is perfect. Uh, People do understand. And I think one of the one of the great uh, weaknesses of capitalism is not only that it doesn't price in a lot of these values we're talking about, but it really discounts the future, meaning that uh, we don't give much weight to the future. We really are so present oriented. And what I like to do is ask a question. Uh, If I were to give you $1,000 right this moment or $5 million in 100 years, which would you take? And uh, and don't worry about your the credit risk. It's going to be with the U.S. Treasury, unless you think the government's going to fail. It'll be there.
0: It'll be Bitcoin
1: <laughs> uh, or whatever. But you'll get your five million dollars in a hundred years, or a thousand dollars now. And uh, most people, I should ask you, what would you what would you take?
0: I'd take the thousand dollars now.
1: So most people will take the thousand dollars now. And when I ask them why, it's because well, I'm not around in a hundred years. Well, that's true, and that's the very point. You're not around in a hundred years. But what would the what's the value of the lives of your grandchildren in 100 years. And most people will say, well, that's priceless. So what's the present value of priceless? Well, it should be priceless. But in fact, in our economic system, the present value is really nothing. Uh, the net present value of any future number after 100 years is very little. $5 million in 100 years is only worth 1000 bucks today. That does not buy you a seat at the table. So we aren't making decisions for the long run because our economic system doesn't encourage us to. It discourages us from that.
0: So what do you do about that?
1: That brings you back to conscious capitalism. That also brings you back to the need for the government to take that longer-term perspective. And frankly, that's at the heart of the climate change debate. I hate to call it a debate, but that small fraction of people that doubt climate change. Because if you admit that there is climate change caused by man, then you have to admit that the marketplace can't handle that. It's not pricing that into goods and services. So that means the government has a role to play. In order to recognize the value of 100 years from now in today's transactions.
0: Well, B Corp and SASB and groups like that are putting – I mean, I think that they're accelerating that conversation. They're
1: accelerating that. Certainly uh, SASB and, and uh, the FASB as well, they're all beginning to require disclosures that talk right. about Right, and that.
0: valuing companies that do take into consideration the, yes, the triple bottom line. And
1: part of the uh, part of the divest and invest movement with respect to fossil fuels, mm-hmm. the argument is that a lot of the so-called reserves of the oil companies really are valueless, mm-hmm. because if we exactly. really do want to control climate change, we're never going to be able to spend that much carbon into the economy.
0: So you have one location in San Francisco, and I assume that in the future you want to have more than one location. Maybe you don't. So what does the future bring for New Resource Bank? And how will you scale up if you are going to grow to be something across the nation, maybe?
1: We would like to scale up. We are now lending uh, outside of the Bay Area, outside of California. We have clients up and down the West Coast. We have clients in other states and even some on the East Coast. With electronic banking, the idea of a lot of locations is unnecessary. So in the Bay Area, for example, one branch will do. But we will look at other cities. We will look at Southern California. We'll look at some of the obvious cities around the western half of the U.S. That have what about the-
0: farther out? What about New York City and and Massachusetts? Mm. Places that are in like mindset about sustainability?
1: And- Certainly like mindset, but I think we want to start with something that's geographically closer so that, uh, I mean, banks can get in trouble when they go across the country and open yeah. offices and they don't really know the area very well. So we would want to stay in the western half of the United States for now, but go to communities that are like-minded, that share the values, that have an infrastructure and an economy that's already moving in this but direction. How do
0: you scale that? Like, how do you um, finance that kind of expansion?
1: Well, we have capital and we're basically it's about leveraging our capital. So okay. we have raised capital several times. We have very supportive shareholders and we will go back for more capital or or bring in new shareholders as we go to some of these other locations.
0: You talk about your mission helping business clients meet the challenge of operating sustainably and profitably, but how do you actually help them? I know, you know, you can give them money, but I assume you're talking about a different kind of help.
1: Yes, money. We we help our clients. Sure, people need money as they grow for what's called working capital. But let's take a young organic food client that has achieved some sales, and now they're beginning to sell into Whole Foods or they're beginning to sell into a Costco. Well, we have lots of clients that sell into Whole Foods and Costco, and so there's certain uh, tricks of the trade, if you will. There's certain challenges that come to, to that come about when you're selling to Costco or Whole Foods. Um, we have a network of these organic clients. So our, our folks are able to advise our younger companies, our newer companies, uh, and provide them with some expertise that's non-financial. So kind of like an
0: industry consultation, in, in, like they, yeah, that non, kind of right. inside the in, bank.
1: In, 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 industry consultation, strategy ideas, networking ideas, marketing ideas that are different from just providing a line and of credit. And that's free? I mean, like that's part of the
0: whole customer service.
1: You can compete. We can compete on the basis of being experts in finance, but lots of banks are experts in finance. Mm -hmm. That's not really the goal. The idea is not to be promoting ourselves, but really is to be promoting our clients. So get to the other side of the table. Understand what the client is passionate about. Understand what they want to be best in the world about. Understand what their economic engine is and then be supportive on, on a much broader set of dimensions.
0: Before we, we're running out of time now, but I want to give you a chance to talk about how you got personally invested in the idea of community sustainability and working in a place that aligns with your personal mission.
1: That's a great question, and it's a little bit more philosophical. Uh, I think that, you know, we're brought up to want to achieve business success. How high can I go? How much money can I make? Uh, what kind of house and car? well, I have, etc. The problem is it's never so simple. And you one ends up with failures. So I've had failures in my life. I've been fired from jobs. And when I've been fired, I feel bad about myself, uh, which means that my sense of significance and security has been totally wrapped up in my work rather than in something else. And, you know, we have this expression here in the Bay Area that people say, I, I want to do good, but I want to do well. And, uh, I don't want to have to compromise on my investment return while I'm doing good. So really what they're saying is I want to do well and maybe I get to do some good. Or actually I think what they're saying is I want to do well. Just do well and then I can make a lot of money and then I can be a good partner and, and do good later on. And, and I think that's the really the wrong dimension. It's really not about uh, about doing good and doing well. It's really about being well. How am I as a human being? How can I live my life in a way that's centered in my values and community and sense of purpose, and connection to nature, and spiritual life. How can I be well, and then go out into the world and work and do good? And I think it's... A, it's you think
0: that will follow if you That's a you've...
1: much different perspective. And mm-hmm. then we, you're rooted, you're centered, you're going to be stronger as life goes up and down. You will do good in your life. And I'm, you, obviously you need to make money and survive and be able to retire, but it's a whole different kind of passion and focus uh, and, and connectivity with community. It's really moving from ego to eco, from from ego being edging good out to eco, which is embracing the commons or embracing community. It's a whole different way to live your life. And I've learned the hard way that that's where I want to live my life. One thing people don't realize is the power they have to use their money to do good. In other words, they think of themselves, oh, I'm just a small person. I don't have that much in the bank. But they go out and they buy organic food. They go out and buy organic peanut butter. So why don't you use an organic bank? Why don't you see that your money carries your values and your money can be used as an agent of change in every single buying decision you do, whether it's your bank or the food you buy or the clothes you buy. And that's – I want to encourage people to think of it that way. They they have real economic power to do good with their money.
0: No matter how much money that is. No
1: matter how much money that is.
0: Uh, my daughter told me about a study. People are actually much happier if they are making a certain amount of money.
1: Well, what what the study says is that once you make over, you only need to make a certain amount, and once you once you go over that amount of money, which is remarkably small, it's in the fifty to seventy-five thousand a year, maybe per person, uh, you're not happier yeah. at, at all. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Anyway, mm-hmm.
0: that's pretty interesting. So if um, any of our listeners here in the Bay Area would like to get a hold of you, do you have a website or an email address where they can contact you directly or to yes. reach the bank?
1: Yes. Uh, there is. The, we do have a website, newresourcebank.com. I'm on that website. Uh, my email address is vsiciliano at newresourcebank.com, or people can call into our main number. And they can ask for, on the lending side, uh, Gary Groff, or on the depository side, they can ask for for uh, Mary Resendez or, or Janice. Uh, so there are lots of people they can ask for, but you can feel free to email me as well.
0: Well, thank you for being on the program, Vince. It's a
1: great pleasure. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Method to the Madness, a bi-weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley celebrating Bay Area innovators. If you have questions or comments about this show, go to the CalX website, find Method to the Madness, and drop us an email. You'll also find a link to previous podcasts. Tune in again in two weeks at the same time. Have a great weekend.